Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get to today's episode, I want you to know that we at Time of Grace have a ton of resources to help you in your walk of faith. From our TV program, to daily devotions, to our Grace Talks video devotions, to podcasts, to our blog, to books, to other books, till still more books, uh, whatever you're looking for and however you best learn, you can stay rooted in Jesus by taking time out for God's word every day. If you're interested, just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Hey, super excited to talk to you about our brand new sermon series coming up on forgiveness. I think you're going to like it, and I hope you actually like it as one, as much as one of my best friends did. Uh, I was at her house, uh, her family's house last night for dinner, and I noticed up on their wall this big framed piece of homemade art right next to their wedding pictures and their baptism picture. It was a piece of art that said, leave the stone alone. And that phrase actually came out of the sermon series that I preached a little bit ago on forgiveness. Uh, a couple of you maybe have seen this series before. It's not the first time we've had it on Time of Grace, um, but it was so powerful and so impactful for my friend and many other people that we're going to run it one more time because forgiveness is something we just need to come back to time and time again. Uh, God's forgiveness for us and the forgiveness we extend to each other. So I had a little while back a great discussion with Dr. Bruce Becker, and I want to share that with you today. Um, just a heads up, originally we called this series, Forgiveness is Offensive. Like actually forgiving someone biblically, it's kind of offensive to human reason. And actually believing that God forgives us so completely through Jesus doesn't make sense in our head. It, it offends our sense of logic. Um, so that's still absolutely true. But this time we're going to call the series, Freedom in Forgiveness. Uh, we realized there was a much more positive side to this. So there's a great freedom when you leave the stone alone, when you embrace your forgiveness in Jesus, and when you do your best to extend that forgiveness to other people. So hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Dr. Bruce Becker as we talk about the freedom of forgiveness, that beautiful and offensive doctrine from the Bible. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Bruce Becker, and I'm here today with Pastor Mike Novotny, uh, who is the lead speaker of Time of Grace uh, Ministry. Uh, we're getting together for our monthly chat about what's coming up on Time of Grace. Pastor Mike, you've got a, got a new four-week message series uh, for March. Starts this Sunday. It's about forgiveness. But the title is Forgiveness is Offensive. What do you mean, forgiveness is offensive? <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever tried to forgive someone, Bruce? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I think offensive is the right adjective to talk about how our hearts feel of, about forgiveness. Like it's not natural. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. Um, we tend to think, you know, certain people should be forgiven for certain things. But then when sin happens to us, it, it feels so offensive to have to let it go, to love, to not get revenge, to not pay someone back, to not hurt them like they hurt me, like to take all of that pain and not give some someone what they deserve feels very offensive to our hearts. So it shocks, it stuns. Uh, I, I think offensive is the right adjective to describe the biblical teaching on forgiveness. So it's not the act of forgiving somebody that's offensive. It's that when I do forgive somebody, it's offensive to me. 
Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, actually, both and. Now that you say that, I, I think you know if I'm playing on a soccer in a soccer game this week, and a guy from the other team just jacks me up, and instead of getting him back, I'm I'm nice to him for the rest of the game. My teammates are going to be offended. Like what? Why would you? Why would you be nice to that guy? Why would you stand up for that guy? Um, why would you be selfless with that guy? He doesn't deserve it. So they'd be offended by this biblical idea of not getting payback. Got it. Got it. In their message uh, series, you talk about an illustration of somebody throwing a stone at you and hitting you with that stone. So help me understand how does that relate to forgiveness? Yeah, kind of the whole series is built off this idea that um, that forgiveness, I, I describe it as leaving the stone alone. Um, so I, I picture a stone as like a sin. Someone says something about you. Someone says something to you. Someone doesn't love you like they should. Someone, you know, does something that's very hurtful and like, doof, like a, a stone, it hits you in the chest. It bruises, it cuts, it makes you bleed. And then the stone, you know, after it hits you, it falls right there at your feet. So it's really easy to pick that up and to throw it back. So I kind of describe forgiveness is, you know, not saying, well, it's not a big deal. It didn't hurt, whatever. No, it's bad. It's left me bruised. It's left its mark. Yet, by the love of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm trying not to give someone what they first gave to me. Um, makes me think when I was an intern, oh, half a lifetime ago, I was, uh, <laughs> I was with this pastor who was kind of teaching me how to be a pastor. And his preschool age son was in the, the back seat. And I'm sitting shotgun and we're driving down the road. And the kid was just being goofy. And he kind of said something, you know, maybe a little bit over the line, a little bit offensive to me. And the pastor kind of wheels his head around. He says, son, he said, you know, what do you say to Mike? And he says, well, I'm, I'm sorry. And I kind of looked back at him and smiled and I said, it's okay. And the pastor whips his head around at his son a second time. And he says, now what do you want to say to Mike? And the little kid says to me, he's like three years old. He says, Mike, it's not okay. It was sinful. <laughs> and the pastor looks back at his son for a third time. He says, and what should Mike have said? And the little kid says, you should have said, I forgive you. <laughs> so, so, not only, so not only is your supervising pastor uh, teaching you, but his, uh, his son is. Yeah. As and, well. You know, that stuck with me 20 years later. It stuck with me because he, he was trying to say that forgiveness is always connected to something that's not okay. So it's not saying, you know, whatever, it's not a big deal, I forgive you. Just like a stone that thumps you in the chest, it hurts. It was bad. It was evil. God hated it. And that's not okay with God. It's not okay with me. But I'm choosing to forgive because Jesus has first extended forgiveness to me. Thanks for that uh, explanation. You know, last month uh, in our book that we co-wrote, Out of Context, uh, one of the phrases that I had written about was the phrase forgive and forget, which is often taken out of context. But connected with that, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's not a, that's not just a dry question to me right now. Um, so I can't say too much about the details, but in our church, our, 
some people I dearly love and there's a case of adultery. And, you know, thinking of what it looks like, number one, to forgive. And then number two, what reconciliation is and if the two are the same thing. You know, so someone you thought you could trust deeply betrayed you through not just a pebble, but like a boulder that just, you know, crushed you and, and left you reeling. Um, I think the Bible commands that person, even in situations like that, to forgive. Like, no payback. You can't trash talk. You can't mess up his marriage. You know, like God is calling us to love people who don't deserve it, to not pick up that stone and throw it back. But I, I think that's something slightly different than reconciliation, which I define as, you know, two separated people coming back together as one. So, you know, if, if someone, God forbid, slept with Kim and, and hid it, would I be their best friends within a year? Would I be close to them? Could I trust them? Uh, I think my answer is probably not. Um, you know, God can work a miracle and change hearts. So I, as I've been thinking pastorally, like the difference between reconciliation and forgiveness, I think sometimes people sin against us in such a profound way that it's really hard to do life with them again. Um, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm not going to try to get them back. But things might not go back the way they were before. And you know, I know that's pretty intense, but I think about all the people that I've read about and studied and met who've been abused, right? If, if they think, hey, I'm an unforgiving person unless I go back to my abuser and reconcile. Like, I would never want to lay that burden on their shoulders because sometimes you can forgive, but, but you can't go back and make things like they were before. So I think the distinction is not just technical. I think it's very helpful so Christians don't think they're living in sin I'm not forgiving. I'm, I can't pray the Lord's Prayer and mean it. Like, I can forgive and still keep my distance sometimes if sin hurts too much. Can I share a quick story with you about uh, when this difference between forgiveness and reconciliation was really driven home to me? Yeah, please. You and I have something in common. We both uh, did some doctoral work down at Trinity International University in uh, on the north side of Chicago. I had a class there once uh, that actually one of the days we talked about uh, forgiveness and reconciliation, even even read a book, uh, a long book about, about it. Uh, but there was a, a classmate who was from Uganda, and he had lived through, as a, as a young man or a child even, uh, the 70s when Idi Amin, that brutal dictator, uh, was just uh, brutalizing his country. And he said, yeah, we as Christians can forgive him, but it's really hard for us to be reconciled. And so uh, and the emotion just came out of, uh, out of his heart and out of his, uh, out of his mouth. Uh, just uh, He had some bad memories there uh, of family members who were killed. And forgiveness, yes, be reconciled, probably not. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think we strive for it. You know, as much as possible, we make every effort to live in unity. But just what you learn about traumatic experiences, PTSD, I think the more we you know, realize how difficult those things are, the less we want to insist, like, you have to be reconciled. You, you have to hang out still. Otherwise, you're sinning. So your example is, is perfect. Why do you think it's 
that people struggle uh, to forgive other people? Oh, um, yeah. Why is it so hard for me to forgive others? I, I tried to personalize it. Um, I think be, because those stones, when they come at us, they don't just leave a bruise that leaves, you know, within 72 hours or a week. I think the memories of that hurt, the words that people spoke to us, the things that they did, like we, as you know, we can't just forget. And so that memory is always there to re-tempt us to, to be wounded over and over again and think, this, this person doesn't deserve my love, my prayers, my forgiveness. Um, when I was at my first church, uh, there was a guy who, who he and I got along pretty well. And then uh, my ministry kind of went in a direction that he wasn't a fan of. And he really thought I should be doing B instead of A. And I remember sitting down with him and he said, um, he said, Pastor Mike, when you came to this church, I felt like a kid standing in front of a vending machine. And I saw you there. You were like the perfect pastor for our church. And you know, it was almost like a, a soda bottle and all, you know, all the ingredients. I was reading through them, your personality, your passions, your gifts. And I was so excited. Like I, I wanted you to come to our church. So I pushed the button and boom, then you got to the church. And now I have a chance to kind of reach out and get to know you. And like the soda bottle, I pulled it close. But I realized, Pastor Mike, that you are empty. Wow. Yeah, so I was the the empty soda bottle out of the vending machine. So, I mean, I can I can retell you the like some of the verbatim quotes from that conversation because that was a you know I'm a young pastor trying to figure my way out and you know just got smashed with that that opinion and that feedback. So I I think all of us have moments like that. Like we remember what our our sister said. We remember what our dad didn't do or what our dad did do. That email that a, a critic sent, our ex, you know, how they tried to play things off and lied and exaggerated in court. So, you know, I think just the, the nature of sin, it is so, that's why God hates it. It's so bad. It's so damaging. It sticks in our memory that it makes it really hard to forgive. Um, there's a lot of factors, pride and other things. But uh, the more I thought about your question, just the nature of sin itself is so deeply damaging that it makes it really difficult to love and to let things go. So would you say that those are the same reasons why people have um, trouble forgiving themselves? Ooh. This answer might be surprising. I, I think when people say, I'll just never forgive myself for what I did, it, it sounds pretty humble. Uh, I actually think it's incredibly arrogant. So... You know, if, if you were that person and I said, Bruce Becker, Jesus Christ thought of you when he went to the cross. He's God. He knew you. He knew about all of it. But he loved you so much. He spread out his arms. He bled, died, and rose from the grave. And now he declares that you are forgiven. And if you said to me, well, yeah, but I, I just can't forgive myself. <laughs> I would say, Bruce, <laughs> who, do, who in the world do you think you are? <laughs> The Son of God has declared, he's God. No offense to you. I know you're smart. I know you're a doctor, but he's God. So the fact that you think you can outvote God, that he says it, stamps it, seals it, promises it by the blood of Christ, but somehow you're going to say, thanks for your opinion, God, but I just can't forgive myself. Like, I think that's the devil flipping things on us. It feels very humble and, you know, self-abasing 
but is actually the height of arrogance to tell God that we're not as forgiven as he says he is. So I, I think there's, there's a lot of kind of hidden pride in that, uh, in that feeling that many of us feel. I think that's a really good illustration and one that I uh, put in the back of my memory uh, for when somebody says, I can't forgive myself. I'm going to pull that one out. <laughs> Deal. Can you talk a little bit about uh, God's grace when it comes to his forgiveness of me? Yeah. Oh, man. Right now at our uh, church, we're doing a sermon series on, on big words in the Bible. And I just preached on the word grace a couple days ago. So I think of grace as this undeserved love, this gift that, oh, it makes you say, no way. Like, oh, this is too much. So yeah, connecting that concept, grace, to the forgiveness of sins, that you're forgiven, I'm forgiven, who's ever listening right now is forgiven, not because we've been so good, not because we're amazing at forgiveness, but even though we don't deserve it, God still gives it. So, I mean, that, that is just the hope that every single Christian has, that it's not by works. Forgiveness is a gift of God. It's his grace, his mercy, his love, his heart. Um, I was actually thinking back when I was in high school, you know, I was caught up in, in an addiction I've talked about before. And I actually used to have uh, a CD of repentance. Have I told you about this? No, a CD of repentance? Yeah, I was just so habitually used to falling into the same sin and just feeling so terrible and unworthy. Uh, I actually burned a CD of a bunch of these like sad Christian songs. <laughs> and after I would sin, I just click play and just sit there and stare at the ceiling and feel horrible about my, about my struggle, about my weakness. Um, and man, I, I can almost like flash my brain back to like where the CD player was, what it looked like, the speakers. And really, it's moments like that when I think the last thing in the world that I deserve is for God to leave my stone alone. You know, I didn't hit him with a pebble. I threw a million pebbles at him. And you, you think he's got to be annoyed enough to just pick up a handful and chuck them back. But to your question, if forgiveness is connected to grace, and if grace is undeserved love, then even in that moment when I didn't deserve it, I was forgiven. And that's just the, the amazing hope of the Christian faith. It, it's not about, well, I'm kind of middle of the road. It's, no, I hit the bottom, but God, still in his relentless pursuit of us, he still forgives us. So, yeah, I kind of know what it's like to struggle to forgive yourself and have God have to relentlessly pursue you and say, nope, thanks for your opinion. <laughs> I'm a God of grace and you're forgiven. End of story. Next chapter. <laughs> well, this is going to be a, a great series uh, on forgiveness. Uh, looking forward to it. You know, our listeners can uh, watch or listen to the entire series over the coming weeks by going to our website at uh, timeofgrace.org. So I have two things I'd like to close with uh, today. Uh, a number of our listeners and viewers, um, always ask about the relationship between time of grace and your church. Could you just explain that relationship, that partnership? Yeah, that. so if people call with questions, I, I get it. It's a little bit complex, but here's the, the best simple way I can explain it. So I pastor and preach at a church in downtown Appleton called The Core. But The Core is connected to another location, which is St. Peter Lutheran Church 
which has a school. That's where my wife teaches preschool. It's where my daughters go. Uh, has a, a preschool connected to that. And if you put the core and St. Peter together, it's what we call 922 Ministries. So 922 is kind of the big umbrella of the church on both campuses, the school and the preschool. So a couple of years ago, Time of Grace, as Pastor Mark Jeske, our uh, founding speaker, uh, was kind of landing the plane of his time with Time of Grace, um, the ministry reached out to me and asked if we would like to partner. And so what kind of happened with 922 and Time of Grace is that we, we tried to connect as many of the people, the efforts, uh, the ministry that we could to reach more people with the message we all care about, uh, the message about Jesus. So I kind of split my time about half and half between writing and filming for Time of Grace and being a local pastor here in Appleton. Um, you know, the producer from Time of Grace, Nia, she comes down to our church where she films and the work that she does helps our local church do a live stream on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, Eric, a member of our church, he leads the prayer team for Time of Grace. Uh, Nate, a member of our church, is on the board for Time of Grace. Some of the Time of Grace team, you know, you, Mandy, Trish, Clay, uh, Matt, you know, people who aren't part of our local church, they really give good wisdom and insight from media and spreading the gospel. So we, we, we've kind of tried to get, we're, we're not dating anymore, is a good way to say it. <laughs> we, we, are, we are in a serious relationship here where, you know, we just want to use all the gifts that we have at 922 to bless Time of Grace. And we know that we've been so blessed by all the gifts at Time of Grace here at 922. So that was a, maybe a long-winded answer, but that's the partnership between the local church and Time of Grace Ministries. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, that uh, was well explained and, uh, you know, that'll be the answer to uh, to uh, people's questions when they ask in the future. We'll just direct them to this uh, podcast. So the last thing is what we always end with is, do you have any uh, stories uh, of how God is blessing people through time of grace? I do. Oh, Bruce. I, uh, our podcast listeners wouldn't mind an extra 90 minutes while they're driving in the car or holding laundry, <laughs> would they? <laughs> Okay, I'll rest. I actually opened my email file. I try to keep all the stories that I get. And uh, man, it is so humbling and so stunning. It's like every day there's something that's so good and moves me so much. I, I save it in my file. So uh, I'll, I'll narrow it down to one. Yesterday, uh, we got an email at Time of Grace from a guy named Richard. He leads a recovery ministry for addicts in the city of Denver. And he says he works with a lot of people who are struggling. Works with a lot of Christians and a lot of non-Christians. Uh, the homeless community is a big part of what he does. And he was just saying for the past year with COVID, like it, it's just been a really rough. Um, especially being in a big city, you can imagine a lot of churches are closed. A lot of gatherings of like recovery groups. You know, you, you picture 15 people sitting in a church basement and that's gotten complicated for a lot of ministries. And so he, he was just saying how much a lot of addicts in his community are really struggling to stay sober to stay connected to God. And uh, he was saying how how much hope and encouragement and strength that Time of Grace had been to him. Um, he said he shares a lot of stuff. His quote, I wrote this down, you'd be amazed at how many people, how many homeless people, how many unbelieving people I send to Time of Grace for hope. So that made me like, yeah, come on. Yeah. God's reaching people in the city that I've only been to once in my life. But I think what made me even more encouraged was how encouraged he was as a ministry leader. So, you know, for us to get a touch or someone sees us on TV, that, that's amazing and I love that. But to know that our ministry is empowering a guy who's like got boots on the ground 
and he's face to face with these people who really need hope and forgiveness and grace from God, I, I think actually that's the bigger win for me, knowing that we're equipping people to reach more people so that the name of Jesus can be lifted up. And only Jesus knows all the people that are being touched and reached and given that, uh, given that hope, not only in our country, but even around, around the world. That is, I, I hadn't heard about that one yet, so thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, Pastor Mike back here. Hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Dr. Bruce Becker. And I want to thank you for just uh, your time and attention today. Uh, to help you in the forgiveness journey that we talked about in this podcast, our resource this month is actually two resources put together. It's the Freedom in Forgiveness book and an accompanying journal that's going to help you take really concrete action steps towards the healing power of forgiveness. So these resources are, are great. They have prayers in them. They have uh, just really specific scriptures in them. They have guided questions to help you apply God's word to your own life. Uh, what they're going to do is help you walk intentionally with Jesus through this messy but necessary process of forgiveness. So if you're interested, you can grab your book and your journal with your gift to our ministry. Just visit timeofgrace.org. And before you go, <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that Dr. Becker and I love to end our conversations with real life stories of real life blessings. And today I want to tell you about a man named Andre. Uh, Andre recently reached out to Time of Grace. He said he just had some kind of religious TV programming on in the background as he was doing some stuff at home. And to quote Andre, uh, the pastor he was listening to was droning on and on. That was his verb, droning, about how God wants you to be healthy and God wants you to be wealthy and everything's going to be great. <laughs> and following that program was a, a Time of Grace program about suffering and pain and the cross that even Christians have to bear. And Andre sent us a message and I actually stored it away in my file because it meant a lot to me. He wanted to say thank you that we would not abandon the core, this was his phrase, the core tenets of the Christian faith, the realities that we find in the Bible, even if they're offensive or tough to swallow or might not be our first choice. And, you know, as a Christian pastor, that meant a lot to me. Um, some of the things that the Bible says are, are beautiful and inspiring. Ooh, some of them are challenging and tough to swallow. But I love the fact that Andre has so much of Jesus in his heart that he wants what's true, even if it's what's true is a little bit difficult. So I hope you're a person just like that, like Andre, that you just want it straight. What did Jesus say? What did he teach? <laughs> it might be inspiring, might be beautiful, might be offensive, like forgiveness, but it's always for our good because it comes from a good God. So hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Dr. Becker. Uh, once again, if you can think of someone that might need this, we'd love for you to share it rate it, review it, help this word get further faster. We're so grateful when you do those things. So thanks for listening in. Hope you have a great day and God bless.